flames up I'm driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's a lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Hey friends, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministry. Our website is lonesomeroad.org or you can call us at 618-383-2107. That's my partner Fred Mooney. And I am so excited about being here with you. Yeah, we're going to enjoy this ride today with our friends and family out there on that old Lonesome Road. We got some great music on our program today. And we have personal testimonies. And maybe just a little bit of preaching. All right. And thy words shall be a witness unto you today. So buckle up. Relax. And hold on tight because here we go. Church on the Road. Right here on your favorite radio station. friends, this is Gary Rayburn, Lonesome Road Ministries, and we got an awesome program for you, and I know you're going to enjoy it, so log on to our website, lonesomeroadministries.org. Give me a phone call at 618-383-2107, or email me at gary.lonesomeroad at gmail.com. We want to hear from you, and we want to send you more free CDs to help you out there on that old Lonesome Road. So sit back, Listen and enjoy today's program, and then do us a favor and share it with somebody. Pass it on. Seventeen, I married Candy, built a house and started a family. Life was good, but my soul was cold and empty. Drugs and money, highs and lows Till I dealt the final blow Shot a man and off to prison they sent me Jesus and Mama always loved me Even when the devil took control Jesus and Mama always 
Ministries, Candy McMullen. Here's Candy. I have so much inside me that wants to come out because God has just been so awesome in our lives. So what you're getting ready to hear is a journey. It was a long journey, but it's a journey of hope, of faith, of mercy, and of grace. And so today I just prayed, Lord, uh, when I get up in front of people, I forget where I'm going. I just, I, I get tongue-tied, but God's going to get me through this. So I know he has something for somebody here. Before I go on, though, I want to read some scriptures because these scriptures are really special to me. They got me through a lot of hard times, and they have great meaning as far as our story goes. In Matthew 9, 20, 22, it says, And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for twelve years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, If only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. From the time I was a little bitty girl, that was just one of the scriptures that just really touched me in the Bible was the faith the woman had that Jesus could heal her. My next scripture on faith is from Matthew 17, 20. It says, So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, 
For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And this last part is so awesome. And nothing will be impossible for you. Wow. That's God's promise. Nothing will be impossible for us. In John 16:33, it says, Indeed, the hour is coming, yes, has now come, that you will be scattered, each to his own, and will leave me alone, and yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have told you, that in me you may have peace. In this world we will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. In this world, I believe that there's two different kinds of tribulations that you go through. Those that God sends us through to help us grow and those tribulations that we put ourselves in. Those trials and tribulations that we bring on ourselves by not always walking where we should be walking. When I was a little girl, I got saved at a very young age. Um, my dad and mom were divorced when I was really young. And I lived with my dad. Uh, as I gotten older, uh, Dad was always gone a lot. He worked a lot. He was hardly ever home. We had a stepmother that was a wonderful, wonderful, godly woman. She is who taught us about Christ, but she was not an affectionate woman. She did not give hugs and kisses, and it was just different. And Dad was very strict, and he was always gone. And I used to lay in my bed as a little girl at night and cry because I longed for my mom. I, I just wanted my mom's hugs. I, I just wanted to be held by her. And one night, as I cried myself to sleep, Jesus came to me in a dream. And in the dream, he was just, I was outside playing, and he was just in a cloud, and around him was just a host of angels. And I don't remember anything about the angels except that they were there. But I looked up at Jesus, and Jesus looked down at me, and he had eyes that were just so beautiful, just so full of peace and love. They, they just enveloped me in his, in his love. And not too long after, I, I gave my life to the Lord as a little girl. And when I was 16, when I was younger, I knew Tony Mack. Uh, and I always thought he was just the cutest thing. I just had the biggest crush on him as a little girl. And eventually I did get to go live with my mom. I was probably about the sixth grade, and I got to go live with my mom. We lived in Arkansas. We came back to Tulsa. And it was my 16th birthday, and I had been to the fair. My brother had asked me to come over to his house, and... I ran into Tony Mack, and not, not much later, we got married. Now, was that God's will? No, no, <laughs> absolutely not. He had more hang-ups than Carter has liver pills, I'm telling you. I didn't know the half of it, but I just thought he, he would change. I could change him, and, and that's where the journey began. We had two kids really early. Well, we had been married about a year and a half, and baby number one came along. Uh, not much longer, baby number two came along. And um, when they, the kids were probably about five and six years old, I got a phone call one day. 
I will never forget that phone call as long as I live. It was a phone call telling me that um, what my husband had done, he had shot and killed someone. I remember I just sank to the floor and I just wept. I felt such despair, just shock and disbelief and anger that he had gone this far. And I remember being thankful that the kids weren't home, but really dreading when they did come home from Grandma's house because how do you tell your babies what their dad's done and where he's at? For the next 15 years, we, uh, we traveled back and forth to prisons to visit Tony. And his lifestyle, he just became angrier and angrier. And, and you know, he was so angry. He was angry with himself for what he had done in his life and what he had allowed. He did not like himself, and, and, I, and I know that. My family, uh, my dad practically disowned me the day I married him. My mom was my rock. She didn't like the fact that I was married to Tony. She would have given anything if I'd have left Tony. Even Tony Mack's mom told me to leave. To go on with my life. I just didn't know how you walked away from someone you loved. Um, at one point in our lives, Tony even told me, go on, go on with your life. I'm no good for you, I'll never be any good. And I told him, no, this is not your life, it's my life, it's my decision. But even the kids went through a lot of trials and tribulations because of where their dad was. They'd be in school and they'd come home from school and they'd be so angry because there was a discussion in class that day about prisoners and people in jail and you should just take the key and lock them up and throw it away and never let them go. And it really affected them. I worked at the same job for 12 years and I bet there wasn't two people at my whole job that even knew I was married because I never talked about my husband, partly because I didn't want to have to explain it. and I don't know, I just protected it. It's like I put a wall up around myself and not very many people got through it. I uh, remember traveling back and forth to prison one, one time. I mean, I loved my husband. I loved to see him, but before I'd go and see him, I would always just get so sick inside at my stomach because I would, I would just be a ball of nerves because he was, he was just always into something that he, he, he did drugs, he, he handled drugs for people, he was, had a very violent reputation. Um, the guards hated him, they hated him. He had batteries against the guards, they hated him. When I would go up there, one of the first things they loved to do was harass me because I was his wife. Um, partly, I think they, they believe, I think some of them believed that I was really carrying drugs in, but I think some of them just wanted to get even with him. And uh, I would just get sick at my stomach. I would not crack my windows in the, winter t in the summertime because I was afraid somebody would plant something in my car 
just so they could get back at my husband. I would be subject, subjected to strip searches. Very, very, very humiliating. Very humiliating. If you said no, you had the right to say no, but if you said no, then you couldn't go in and visit anymore. They could terminate your visits indefinitely. Um, so it was a journey. I had lots and lots of hours, road trip, road time to pray, though. God and I had many, many conversations. And his life at one point got so bad, I just knew any day that I'd get a call from someone and someone would have got to him from behind and killed him. There were stabbings in prisons all the time, all the time. His cellmates would call me and they'd say, Candy Mac, don't come up this weekend. Tony's on lockup because he was always in trouble. And when he was on lockup, he couldn't visit, or if he did visit, it was a real, really restricted visit. So I had a lot of prayers, and I remember praying to God, God, you know, I've seen you say this one. I've seen you do it for this one. And Lord, when are you going to do it for mine? And One day, um, I got some really bad news that my mom had cancer. And my mom was my best friend. She was my rock. Apart from Jesus, she's the one that I talked to. And I remember going to Tony and telling him, Tony, I really need you. Mom's sick and I'm scared. And back then, Tony Mack, if you threw responsibility at him, it was more than he could handle. He, he, would, he would react. Anyway, he, he went out and he got into a fight and he got locked up. He got sent back to McAllister, which is a maximum security prison. He got put on H block again. Matter of fact, he was on H block a year and two days before my mom died. His dad died. And I remember going to the prison and telling him that his dad had died. And I didn't even get to touch him and hold him. Then I had to tell him on a telephone, but behind a big, thick glass, that his dad had died. It broke my heart for him. This time they shipped him back to McAllister. It was my mama. No phone calls, no visits. I felt so, so alone. When I finally did get to go see him, I was just so weary. I was just so weary. It's like I just, it just drained the life out of me. One of our daughters had started messing up. I never thought one of my kids ever, ever, ever would try drugs or alcohol because of the life that they saw their dad leave. I preached to my kids from the time they were babies about drugs and the effects that it can have on you. And look at your dad and look where he is. And when one of my own kids started doing that, I was devastated. And mom was gone, and Tony was on lockup. I remember I got down on my knees, and I cried out to God with everything in me. And I quoted his scripture, and I said, God, 
you said in your word, if, you, if I had just the faith of a mustard seed, Lord, you know I have that faith. You said you would move my mountain. And God, I'm just crying out with everything I have. Lord, you know that this burden's too heavy for me to carry. And I mean, I just, it was. I just cried out with everything I have. I felt like I didn't have anything left. Let me tell you something. Within a few months, God moved my mountain. When I found out my husband was saved, wow, I never dreamed, folks, in a million years, in all my prayers, that not only would God save my husband, that he would move my mountain so far. I have never been more in love with my husband or more attractive or more proud of my husband than the day he got saved. Our visits became so sweet. I could have gone to prison. I tell people this all the time. I could have traveled to prison for the rest of my life if I'd had to and visited him after that because there was a peace. When I would get to prison, he just, he just poured. The Word of God just poured out of him. He just couldn't wait to share stuff with our girls and me. I took the girls up there. I told them, I said, it's like, you know, the old man really did die. People, I promise, he looked like a brand new man. He didn't look so tired. He just looked rejuvenated. He just, he was just the handsomest man I'd ever seen. I mean, he just, God just poured from him. And our visits were so awesome. He would sing songs. He just, for the next four years, it was just such a peace. And I saw God using him. When I went to pick him up from prison, and this is another little God thing too. Um, he was supposed to get out like in October. And the time auditor came and messed up his time and took a whole bunch of time away from him. He was really upset and he called home and I cried. For the first time in my life, after he got saved, I would let myself start counting the day, the time that he would come home. Prior to before he got saved, I would not even look at that. I would not even let my mind imagine how long he would be in prison because I couldn't deal with it. I had to just live each day for what it was because he was always in trouble. And after he got saved and, and the peace of Christ filled him, I was able to focus, hey, he's going to come home. He's not going to keep getting in trouble. He's going to come home. And I started focusing on, wow, he's really coming home. And after he got his time auditor messed up his time, I uh, cried. It broke my heart. But I told him, you know what, it's okay. It's okay. He was devastated. I said, it's okay. God's on our side. We got God. And he got to lead one more man to Christ in prison. And then the time auditor came back and he said, we messed up on your date. Your new release date is January 3rd, 2001. Our anniversary is January 3rd. I picked him up on our anniversary now. You don't think that's a God thing? Chaplain came out while I was waiting to pick him up and he said, you know, 
There's two reputations to Tony Mac. There's the old reputation and there's the new reputation. But because of the old reputation, the violent man that he was and the drug abuser, everything that he was, the tough guy that he was, when he put that down and Christ saved him and he picked up his sword, the word of Christ, and he started bravely and boldly carrying that across the yard, he was able to lead many, many, many men, tough men, who had never set foot in a church to Christ. Since he's come home, God has just, oh my gosh, I just can't tell you, blessing after blessing after blessing. He's used, Tony goes to the Senate. We were just at the state capitol this year, and he spoke to all the senators and the representatives, and, and you know what? I'm not edifying him, but I'm edifying Christ in him. Who but Christ could do that? You know, I don't know what you're going through or what your trial is. I just, I just recently went through it. I know most of you know because you were praying for me. I just went through a surgery. I had a tumor. And I remember coming to this church and Cheryl and Jason, a bunch of them prayed for me downstairs. For God to heal me. And I was really, really sick. Um, I had a test. We were traveling. We were going from Tennessee, I mean, not Tennessee, but Illinois, Kentucky, I mean, just everywhere. We were so busy, I couldn't even hardly stop and go to the doctor. And like most folks, when you're sick, you, you know, you, you get better, and that's the farthest thing from your mind. But they did an ultrasound on my gallbladder, thinking that I had a bad gallbladder, and said, no, it's okay. And um, I kept getting sicker and sicker and sicker. So finally, I, I, we, just, we left here. As a matter of fact, we were in Illinois. We left here. We went home, and the doctor did a scope on me. And when he did that scope, he found a tumor. And he said to my husband, you do not know how blessed you are. Most of the time when we find this, it's just too late. And this needs to come out as a cancer. If, I don't think it's cancer, but it's a cancer. It's fast crap. It's precancerous is what he said. It has to come out. Well, the next day they did another test on my gallbladder. And lo and behold, guess what? My gallbladder was bad. I believe God used that gallbladder to let them find that tumor. And I believe that those prayers, it was not cancerous. They got inside there. They took that. And they, it was supposed to be an eight-hour surgery. We, 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 everybody, Gary Rayburn, he sent letters, thank you Gary, I'm so thankful for prayer, I'm so thankful for the letters and everybody, truck drivers, everybody was praying. I was supposed to have this eight hour surgery, I went to the surgeon and I said, fear enter in. I'm not going to stand up here and say that fear didn't enter in because it did. Um, we talked about today, when faith can move mountains for everybody else and I didn't let my faith move a mountain for me almost. I printed out all sheets on, on, on this pancreatic cancer and the survival rate. And I laid them in front of Tony, and he, I went on in the kitchen, and um, I let him read them. I said, I want you to read this. And he called me back in there, and he said, sit down here for a minute. So I did. And he said, I want you to tell me something. And I looked at him. He said, where's God at in all that? And then it hit me. The old tears came up in my eyes, and I said, he's not there. 
He said, that's right, but we got God. So I went to the surgeon. It was supposed to be an eight-hour surgery. I said, wait, wait, you guys want to take a, a coffee break, shift change? What are you going to do in the middle of all this? Eight hours? And, but we really played. We had people praying everywhere. And my eight-hour surgery turned into a four-hour surgery. Instead of a whipple, that's supposed to be one of the most major things they can do to your stomach. Turned out to be partial. It was the biggest tumor he said he had seen in that area. It was not cancer. I have a victory in Jesus battle scar is what I call it. God is awesome. He will move your mountain. I want to share these lyrics to a song that I love, and then I'm going to quit. And it's called Through the Fire. And it says, He never promised that the cross would not get heavy or the hill would not be hard to climb. He never offered victory without fighting, but he said help will always come in time. So just remember when you're standing in the valley of decision and the adversary says give in, just hold on. Our Lord will show up and he'll take you through the fire again. God bless you guys. and I don't know what you're going through, but I know God's able you dig into that word and you get you some scripture and you stand on it and you quote his word. You have just a faith of a mustard seed and he'll move your mountain. Sweetly whisper these words 
you lost? Do you not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. The Bible says uh, in John chapter 3 verse 3 that we must be born again in order to see the kingdom of God. In John 14 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? If you're not sure, if you don't know Jesus, if you've never asked Him into your heart, then I'm going to give you a chance to pray a prayer of salvation right now, and God's going to save you. That's right. You don't have to go to church to get saved. I got saved in the cab of a semi-truck out on the road driving 65 mile an hour down the highway and Jesus Christ come into my life and save me and he can do the same for you right now if you'll believe in your heart and trust in him the bible says in uh, Romans chapter 10 verse 9 that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. That word justified, we can be justified with Jesus Christ. And justified is just if I'd never sinned. And that's what Jesus Christ is going to do to you. If you believe with all your heart and confess with your mouth, he's going to save you. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and and Gentile, the same Lord is Lord over all and richly blesses all who call on him. All means all and that's all it means. There's no difference between Jews and Gentiles. And Jesus Christ wants to come into your life right now and save you. 
If you'll pray a simple prayer of salvation and ask him into your heart, he's going to save you. Pray with me right now if you want Jesus Christ to come into your life. Pray this simple little prayer with me right now. Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Come into my life. I want to give my life totally to you. I surrender all. I want to live for you from this day forward. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Lord, I ask you to come into my life and change me from the inside out. And God, I will live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Now the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse uh, 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So if you prayed that prayer with all your heart, then you are saved. And now what you need to do is you need to call someone and tell them that you just asked Jesus Christ into your life and you are saved. What difference will it make anyway in a million years or so? Well, that may be true about most things you do. Who you know, what you have. Oh, but there is one thing that will matter, friend, a million years from now.
crossroads of life Lost without hope Eighteen wheels of lonesome At the end of the road In my hand was a track The preacher had read His words still echoing In the back of my head I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past Then I called his name This chance would it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Those 18 wheels are rolling Down that old lonesome road I shared the good news wherever I go. Yes, there's been a change. I'm not the man I used to be. And I tell everybody what's happened to me. How I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past. But I called his name. This chance could it be my last? Then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree, and I lifted up my heart from down on my knees. Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross, broken-hearted and lonesome. So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I'd been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Hello, Lonesome Road family. This is James Payne. I'm coming to you from the cab of my pickup truck. You know, we know that when we put a seed in God's hand, he always multiplies that seed back to our life. 
Last year, Jim and Ann Davenport gave me a testimony. They sowed sacrificially in the conference, and God worked a financial miracle from a very unexpected source. That's the same God you and I serve that can do the same thing for you and I. So I'm praying that you will hear God and give liberally and sacrificially. Your seed will get God's attention. It'll also get God's affection and God's anointing, and God will multiply that seed back to your life. And then second of all, why not become a monthly partner with Lonesome Road Ministries? There's 8.7 million truckers that go up and down the highways of America, away from their family, away from their friends, in the lonely cab of an 18-wheeler. But through Pastor Gary's ministry, we can put a CD with songs and messages that will uplift that truck driver, change him, change his family, and launch his destiny. So you could be a $25 a month partner, a $50 a month partner, $100 a month partner. Every diamond dollar will go to touch somebody's life. I pray you'll hear God's voice today and you'll obey God. And as you do, God's going to bless you like you've never been blessed before. God bless you. I love you. To the saint and the sinner, the losers and winners, sometimes the rain's going to fall. On the bad and the good and the misunderstood, storms will come to us all. I found the answer from heartache to cancer. Thank God in spite of the pain. Cause when I start praising, things begin changing by learning to dance in the rain. I'm learning to smile when I feel like crying. Live every day as if I were dying. I'm learning the lesson of praising God through the pain. I'm learning to stand when my heart is breaking, to hold to the cross when my hands are shaking. Lord, through it all, learning to dance in the rain. When the clouds start together, bring in bad weather, there's no silver line in sight. Prayers have been prayed, but the answer's delayed, and you're holding on for dear life. Whether you walk on water, or if you falter, he'll be there when you call his name. You'll get the victory. You'll solve the mystery by learning to dance in the rain. I'm learning to smile when I feel like crying. To live every day as if I were dying. I'm learning the lesson, praising God through the pain. I'm learning to stand when my heart is breaking. To hold to the cross 
when my hands are shaking Lord, through it all, learning to dance in the rain I'm learning to dance, learning to dance Learning to dance in the rain It's just a white framed house in nowhere, USA. Where mama counts down her final day. Her kids' pictures line the walls. She talks to them each day. If you ask, she'll give you the grand tour of Mama's Hall of Fame. In Mama's Hall of Fame, my picture hangs. That's one thing I know will never change. Just a face in the crowd And no one knows my name I'm famous in Mama's Hall of Fame There's a picture of my brother who served Uncle Sam. Mama cries when she tells how he never came home from now. Every day, all along, she walks down memory lane. But if you ask, she'll give you the grand tour of Mama's Hall of Fame. In Mama's Hall of Fame, my picture hangs. And that's one thing I know will never change. I'm just a face in the crowd And no one knows my name Oh, but I'm famous In Mama's Hall of Fame Oh, I'm famous In Mama's Hall of Fame
friends, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministries. Log on to our website, lonesomeroad.org. You know, the Bible says that God has given each one of us a measure of faith. You know, God has planted a seed of faith in each and every person. Now, many of us, that seed lays dormant for years and years and years. For me, it was 43 years. When I was 43 years old, a preacher knocked on my door and he watered that seed of faith in me and it started to grow. And it's still growing today. You know, when a seed starts growing, there's no telling what it will become. So drivers, I'm asking you today, what kind of faith is planted in you? You need to water that seed with the word of God and see what it will become in you. There's no telling what God has planted in each one of you drivers out there on the road. Each and every one of you has a gift that God has planted inside you. The only way to find out what that gift is to water that seed with the word of God and watch what it becomes. We're praying for you drivers out there and we're going to try to help water that seed and see what God has planted in you. Give us a call. 618-383-2107. Let us send you some help, some material that will help you become all that God has meant you to be. of heart inside a raging storm the word is angered cause Satan has declared a war I'll fight this battle Lord because you're worth fighting for I pledge my undying love to you you died for me though I led a shameful life Grace has set me free So I'm honored To struggle, Lord Cause even in my toughest battles You're worth fighting for There's sin inside my heart, the battle's deep within It's trying to control me, spirit and flesh at war I'll take up the sword of truth, because you're worth fighting for I pledge my undying love to you me free so I'm honored to struggle Lord cause even in my toughest battles you're worth fighting for it was by your stripes that I was healed 
for this mighty army you will build. I'll fight this battle, Lord, cause you're worth fighting for. I pledge my undying love to you. You died for me, though I led such a shameful life, grace has set me to hear from you my phone number is 618-383-2107 or you can call chaplain dennis mckay 662-889-2829 i've been driving all night got 400 miles to go Got the pedal to the metal and Vince skill on the radio I just went through Texarkana heading down to San Antonio But that's the life of a trucker driving his lonesome road My backside's sore and this old truck is sure is slow I can hear temptation calling on the CB radio She promised me good loving and she'll surely get me stoned Well that's the life of a trucker driving is a lonesome road I said drive trucker drive You better run for your life the devil in disguise and she's gonna ruin your life can't be the money that keeps me on the run i is that wide line fever that keeps me on the road well i could probably get lucky down around san antonio Day long star honey that would like to count this rigor on Ah, but you know that kind of loving it will only wreck your home It's a life of a trucker driving as a lonesome road Yeah, I said drive, trucker drive You better run for your life 
She's a devil in disguise And she's gonna ruin your life Well, it can't be the money that keeps me on the run It's that white line fever that keeps me on the road Yeah, I said drive, trucker drive You better run for your life She's a devil in disguise And she's gonna ruin your life Can't be the money that keeps me on the run It's that white line fever that keeps me on the road Breaker 1-9. How's that looking over your shoulder there, buddy? Come on back. Anybody got your ears on out there? Man, it's lonesome down. <laughs> 